Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. The Rubenesque lady was on her way to get on stage and sing the aria at the opera to end the winter. And she stopped off for lunch when she saw a double split in the polar vortex. We're going to have that and more on the long range, which all of a sudden looks blocky and very cold uh, for the middle part of March. Uh, in the meantime, it's all quiet on the U.S. front as we have another exciting adventure of the Joe and Joe Weather Show, which is brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware at 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon. Wrapping up for winter, still have uh, plenty of supplies just in case winter does make one final return. But they're also transitioning. Yes, and they're also transitioning over to spring. Uh, so they have a lot of spring stuff, too, so that you can gussy up that front yard of yours and get everything in tip-top shape to be the envy of the neighborhood. 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon, New York. The telephone number is 631-756-1125, serving the entire tri-state area with the lowest prices around. And the website is... OmniTrueValue.com oh well who did the voice who did the voice of little red riding hood in that cartoon that was not credited be benaderet be benaderet Hey, I've got a little bunny rabbit here <laughs> to show. Hi. Hey, Grandma. What a what big eyes remember, to have. Do you, do you remember that time when I think you brought it up on YouTube? Uh, we were at uh, a Fios. See, this is what we do at uh, what we used to do at at, at uh, you know news gathering agencies like Fios One. We brought it up on on YouTube, and Ralph, who was. Uh, what, what was Ralph's title? Operations manager? Yeah, or, I think that's what you would you know, call him. And he, God he bless him. He was wonderful. And stopped watching. And the three of us are like gathered around and we're all doing the same thing. Oh, yes. Well, oh, you know, man. I always well, I, I always found a way to keep things creative for work. So uh, I know that Tom Contino's on the chat board and he's probably busting out now with his rubber band theory about whether when it's calm, if it stays calm for a long time, it'll end up with a storm someplace, which is actually, there's a certain amount of logic to that uh, and a lot of science to that too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I look, Joe, the last, very interesting, the last four runs of the GFS, we're going to show it of course, but uh, there are uh, the last four runs of the GFS have gone from showing one split in the polar vortex, which is going to happen late this week, the first one, uh, and then uh, the second one, a, a second one that happens right behind it, and that is a much more powerful split. Uh, it uh, it it sets up some, you know, makes some changes in the teleconnections. Uh, I, I'm just going to say right off the bat. I, I always like to see at least several runs in a row do something to lend it some credence. And it kind of does make <clears throat> some sense that big polar vortex has to go away soon uh, and it, it has to weaken somehow. Uh, so that's that's one part. Um, <clears throat> the other part of this, 
is, I, I don't know if it's going to ultimately lead to anything other than maybe a, a, another stretch of colder than normal temperatures, but um, it is um, it is rather interesting uh, that we're going into the middle of the month, and, and one of the, th- the other things I want to look for is s- there were some hints on some of the members of the teleconnections today that that go in that direction, but not all of them are on board. So over the next couple of days, I want to see the see the teleconnections start to show uh, the NAO actually going at least to neutral, if not negative, and the PNA, the Pacific North America Index, going at least back to neutral from negative, uh, if not positive. But we'll see. But um, a couple of days were last couple of days we were pulling teeth. We actually have something to look at today. You know, just like in the old, those old grade B movies from the 1940s and 50s where the detective says, it's quiet. It's too quiet. And that indeed is what is happening right now. It is a very quiet week. Yeah, we have these little disturbances, uh, a shower here, a snow flurry there, a little heavier amount up in the higher terrain area. But I mean, no big deal. This week is going to be just kind of ho-hum. But exactly what you just said, Joe, as we move toward the, and we've been talking about this now for the last couple of days, we get toward the middle of this month, and things are going to start to change. Things are going to start to flip. And I did see on uh, both the GFS and the European in that time frame from about the 9th or 10th of March or thereabouts, uh, the potential of some kind of a coastal system that will be revving up and uh, posing a threat to our part of the country, believe it or not. Yeah. That's uh, a week from now, folks. Yeah. Well, I'm not 100% sure about that one yet, but again, it's it, it's something to look at. And with other things going on in the atmosphere. It's the beginning. Yeah, it, it, it's the beginning. It, we certainly didn't think that the whole month of March was going to go go quietly, I mean, it, at least nationwide. Maybe we would be in the in the quiet part, but somebody would be getting a big storm someplace. And by the way, none of this is any guarantee that anything is going to happen, uh, either from the standpoint of it getting very cold or for the winter weather lovers or in terms of storminess because we know we all know what happens when you see stuff in the long range nine times 99 times out of 100 on the next run uh it's different uh and depending on what time frame you're looking at it could be completely gone so don't be surprised if if both things happen in in subsequent runs david fuller is our first super chat hit of the night thank you david uh and welcome to everybody on the chat board uh any questions or comments, just leave them there. And uh, Joe and I will, Joe will, Joe Rayo will be monitoring the chat board with his usual vigor. And, uh, well, yeah, he's going to be monitoring the chat board and he'll share the questions or comments as we go along. Uh, by the way, I also uh, make reference, the old, uh, the, the saying was about the fat lady. The, the opera isn't over until the fat lady sings. Uh, and right. she, she's not even clearing her throat because she was on her way and she's being detoured. But I have to use the word Rubenesque lady because if I post it on Facebook with the F-A-T word as opposed to uh, something else, uh, they will uh, they will flag it. And uh, they have strange algorithms. Indeed. Oh, somebody put up somebody. Somebody I know put up a picture of a pork roast, a pig, a a, a pig roast. Okay, roasting right. a pig on a spigot. You know that's pretty common to do. And if you ever go to Hawaii, that's what they do. Uh, and uh, apparently the algorithm picked it up 
as an offensive phrase. So in other words, it didn't pick it up because it's showing, you know, if you wanted to say, okay, it shows animal cruelty. All right. You know what? That's fine. Um, I'm still going to eat it. But uh, it was because uh, the algorithm thought it was making reference to a person's size. And, and and he was put in Facebook he was put in Facebook jail for thirty days. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if I posted uh, yes a, a link to the song to the song from uh, the nineteen forties made famous by the way by Arthur Godfrey. Uh, I I don't want her you can have her and I I'll, I'll yeah, only no, stop you, I'll stop right there. Yeah you know you, you, uh, no you but, you'd, you'd go to prison for that. Yes, exactly. All right. Exactly. I did post a picture, by the way, when I was in on the cruise in Antarctica. One night we had a a huge roasted pig went the full scale with it with with, with the apple in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And I actually I took a picture of that and I posted it on Facebook. And within an hour, I got an, uh, a, a post from uh, a gentleman. I, I don't even know where he is. I only heard from him once. And he said, Joe Ray, Thankfully. I have such high regard and respect. I have high regard and respect for your meteorological expertise and all of your astronomy knowledge. And he said, but would you please remove that because it is an insensitive. And he went on to a long dissertation. And I said, all right, I'm not going to get into a debate on my vacation or my time when I'm trying to enjoy myself. So I just took, oh, I took it off. Oh, no, no. I took the picture. No, I took the picture. I took the picture down, and then I get I get a message back from the guy saying, "He said, thank you very, very much. You, you, uh, your heart is in the right place." And I said, "Good. I made him happy. That's that's all." But for the few people who did see it, you know, it was I, there I for the short time it. that it was there. <clears throat> you know, if you don't like something, you. if you don't like something, scroll by. Just ignore it. What are we? What are you a five? Not you, but what is this person? A five-year-old? If you don't like something that somebody posts, go scroll by. Go to another page. For God's sake. Yeah. But, you know, I was I was concerned that I would suddenly hear from hundreds of people. Oh, oh, you would people have. or from you know you would have and and you know I and I I was I I was stressed out enough you know just trying to figure out a way to, for us to get back. Through all the COVID and everything else, I didn't need this gigantic <laughs> collapse of people coming in and saying, "You should post something like that." That poor defenseless little piggy. This yeah. little piggy went to market. That little piggy went home. This little piggy had. Oh, well, that no, little piggy no. went to market so, and wound up on the table. Here's the uh, exactly. Yes, here is <laughs> um, here is the uh, U.S. Watches and warnings tonight. We actually have a few more advisories up. We have winter weather advisories up for uh, a number of counties in Montana and also in um, California, in the Sierra Nevadas. But it's still quite lacking across the uh, the uh, U.S. And not that there's there isn't it doesn't mean that it's bone dry everywhere. It, it's just that uh, the weather systems, as Joe pointed out, were very minor, and we don't have any winter weather advisories up. In New England, although there is a minor system that is going to be moving through there tonight, uh, that some areas might even be as far south as uh, uh, Route 84 or just north of Route 84 uh, in uh, in Connecticut and in the Hudson Valley, that could see maybe a couple of snowflakes or perhaps even uh, in uh, parts of Massachusetts and northernmost Connecticut might see enough to whiten the ground or maybe up to a half an inch to an inch at most. But there it is on the satellite. It really isn't very much. 
Uh, it is, uh, though, uh, a, a cold front. And uh, I did notice, Joe, the temperatures get – this is a fairly decent shot of cold air. By uh, yeah. f- by Friday morning, I, I saw m- most lows are going to be in the teens to near 20 and probably no higher than the upper 20s to mid-30s on Friday. So I know we're skipping a day because we do have tomorrow, but uh, th- this is going to be a shot of cold air that comes in, uh, and then just as fast as it comes in, it's going to go out ahead of the uh, next round of changes over the weekend. I said brisk and cold tomorrow night, uh, unseasonably cold. For the Hudson Valley, I've got low temperatures down between 11 and 18, which is about as cold as we've seen in recent days around here. And then for Friday, I said, well, uh, I went. Uh, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe like mid to upper 30s, but there's always some place, maybe down by the Sound Shore, for example, or Yonkers or Mount Vernon, that might briefly touch 40. So I said 35 to 40, much lighter winds, lots of sunshine. And that would be for Friday. And Joe, considering that two or three days ago, I was thinking that this was going to be a washout of a weekend. Now I'm actually thinking that we may start the day on Saturday with some sunshine, yeah, I, followed I, by I, clouds. I went the same road. And and then and then and then by the time we get to Sunday, that looks like the wetter of the two weekend days, and then more wetness coming our way into the start of next week on Monday. But on Sunday, in spite of the fact because we're going to be going. With a, involved with a warm frontal passage, it may very well be that Sunday we may see temperatures as high as the uh, upper 50s and lower 60s, which will feel pretty darn good. I yeah, mean, the, it's the, not great that it's going to be showering, but, you know, good. Depending on the warm front and your wind direction, yeah, not impossible. Uh, there's some snow on the radar tonight in upstate New York. Uh, you see it there. Not all of this is actually reaching the ground. Some of it is, but not all. And most of it's on the light side. It's going to get amplified a little bit uh, as it moves further to the east later tonight when it gets into uh, uh, New Hampshire and Vermont and Massachusetts and northern Rhode Island and northern Connecticut. Uh, Boston could wind up with a coating to a half an inch out of this. Uh, and then it moves along and moves out. We also have some snow uh, up in the uh, lower peninsula of Michigan. Uh, a couple of rain showers uh, scattered around through central Illinois and central Indiana. And uh, also in the northwest, you still got this stream of moisture. I'm just going to go back to the satellite loop and you can see the stream of moisture coming in from off the Pacific. Uh, this hasn't really changed for the last two days. It continues to pour in rain uh, into uh, the northwestern part of the country. And as you get further eastward where the air is cold enough, uh, you wind up seeing it in the form of snow. And that would be in Montana where they have the winter weather advisories. Uh, WPC for tonight, this is the probability of at least two. And uh, off the lake shore, now some of this is going to wind up being a little lake effect after the front goes by. So uh, you could see that area there of uh, 90% probability or higher. What is that? I'm sorry, 80% probability or higher. Uh, but uh, the two-inch probability is, for example, for Boston, is between 1 and 5%. Uh, and even for places like, well, like Worcester might be more on the right on the 5% line, and the same for Springfield. Uh, so uh, that's for two inches or more. If they had a, 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 a choice... If one of the choices were a coating to an inch, then we would probably see 60 to 70 percent numbers for, for that or 50 to 60, something along those lines. Uh, but uh, they start off at two. If I went to the shorter range, uh, six hourly period, they could bring it down to one. But uh, two inches for me is just about as far as I'm going to extend myself on WPC. And on their long range, 
for snow lovers, uh, they do have, this is for the period now, uh, Friday, I'm sorry, Saturday into Sunday. And while we'll be warming up with the warm front pushing through uh, across the upper peninsula of Michigan through central Minnesota and down into uh, uh, South Dakota, uh, is that this is the probability of at least, uh, let's call it the probability of three. Uh, and uh, there it's the, the darker blue there is 50 to 70 percent to extend some 30 to 50s down into Colorado for Sunday into Monday. Uh, and as uh, uh, I'm sorry, that was for Saturday into Sunday. Now for Sunday into Monday, uh, we're seeing some patchy areas of 10 to 30 and 30 to 50 in Colorado and in Utah and not much else in the West and a little bit up on the, in the lakes. And you can see up in Maine. Uh, with that 30 to 50. Uh, moving it to Tuesday, they've got a fairly large area of 10 to 30 in upstate New York, Northwest PA, Vermont, and interior New Hampshire and interior Maine. And for Tuesday into Wednesday, which is the last day on their forecast period, Tuesday into Wednesday, nothing's coming up, so maybe there is nothing here. Oh, it's all in the West for Tuesday into Wednesday of uh, of next week so that's wpc's view of things and as far as rainfall is concerned let's see if we got a fresh map we should have a fresh one and we do so uh w is it is 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 it fresh Woo, is it yeah <laughs> wpc has got wpc has got some uh Two and a half inch plus amounts showing up along the state lines of Kentucky and Indiana and Kentucky and Illinois and Missouri and Illinois and you know, a fairly large area of, of an inch plus that uh, goes from the middle Mississippi Valley northeastward into uh, western PA and upstate New York and into uh, New England. It bounce less here. We're on the edge of a half an inch. And then the amounts lower further as you go down the coastal plain uh, through uh, the mid-Atlantic and south Atlantic states. Uh, in the west, uh, still showing rainfall from uh, Seattle all the way down to San Diego uh, for the next seven days, uh, upwards of an inch plus uh, in uh, in San Diego and uh, in Seattle also upwards of an inch plus, and also some bigger amounts in uh, in Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, Idaho, Western Montana, and you know that uh, some of that is going to be in the form of the white stuff. So yes. Let's um I'm going to bring up the uh the long range graphics here. I don't I, I don't know if you got to look at the uh the 10 millibar today or any time in the last day well, or day or so. No, but I the fact that the that it split and then it resplit, is that basically what uh what has taken place? Well, or? it splits. Well, let me show you what happens. Let me just bring it up to the screen here. If it's going to let me, can you let me, please? Thank you. Uh, technology, Joe, technology. Now, why uh. is it not there? Oh, it's just being evil. No, that's not it. <laughs> no, that's not it. Hold on a second. While you're doing that, I'll make the noises like the old fax machine used to There make. we go. That's it. No, there's... So, so, yeah, so there were actually two splits that occur. So on the screen right now, 
here, here's the first one that's at the end of this week. It splits, but then it just gets reabsorbed by the polar vortex. But then there's another stratospheric warming that goes on. You can see those brown uh, areas that move around the vortex when it's on the shores of Siberia comes around and splits a second time. And it's the second split that's actually really impressive. That upper low is going to last for a while, I think. And yeah. so I think what's go- what's happening is the first split, usually when we start to see these when we see these splits like this, it takes about a week or two to work its way into the bottom of the atmosphere. But I think that first split that happens very late late this week, it actually, it starts, today's Wednesday, I keep saying late this week. We're talking tomorrow, and it starts tomorrow uh, and for Friday. So um, I think that that first split initiates the building. If you look up at the top center, you're going to see pressures rising across Greenland. Uh, and going right. into, into northern Canada. Uh, the whole Arctic region has above normal pressures, and it goes also back to the big ridge that's in the, in the Gulf of Alaska and over the Aleutians. Meanwhile, look at the troughing that results out of this in the eastern... In, 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 remember when we showed you we showed that 384-hour back last week that had the whole country just underneath this uh you know upper deep upper low in canada well it's not that far off here joe look at look at the extent of how much of that cold air and this is you know definitely a blocky looking scenario uh and and by the way if you i also went from day seven to day 16 showing the temperature anomalies i mean look at that that's that is well you'll i know you're on a delay but you'll see it in a minute uh but uh, that is an extensive virtually the whole country except for the southwest is significantly below normal, and I, I think we should. I, I want to point out too that when we're talking about now the middle of March, you're going to have to have at least anomalies of 15 or more degrees below normal in order to get an atmosphere cold enough. If if, if you're looking for one last snow event, but I certainly think that if this winds up verifying that you're going to have a plenty of cold air around, and it may stick around beyond the 18th at least for a little while. I, I agree with you. In fact, the, the Climate Prediction Center has been headlining very, very cold weather in the western United States. And you just know that that cold, dense air eventually is going to, if I may use the term ooze, if you will, slowly eastward into our neck of the woods uh, during the course, during the latter part of next week, certainly. And uh, the, from what we're seeing, Joe, on all the models, that certainly looks like the case. Right. And now whether the something comes out of that, because nothing says it can't just be cold and dry. Here's a here's a close up look. This is starting next Thursday. And uh, you see all that below normal temperatures there across the Great Lakes, back through the plains, all the way down into Texas. And then it gradually just spreads into the eastern part of the United States uh, around the 12th and 13th. So that would be behind some kind of system that the models are showing for late next week. And the cold just gets reinforced because you get this vortex that forms in Hudson Bay. Those anomalies, by the way, are are, are minus 15 to minus 20 that you're seeing around the 16th, 17th, and 18th of March uh, in the Northeast and also down in in Texas, in Kansas. I mean, this is, and even up further north, up into the Dakota. So this is a very, very cold-looking upper air that is setting up uh, it, it'll probably be the last the, the the last gasp 
uh, I think, before we evolve into whatever yeah, we're going like to evolve to evolve into. It seems it seems like everything that is in the uh, <clears throat> excuse me everything that's in the cold the cold air bucket, if you will, up in uh, northern and central Canada is going to come spilling out uh, in the next couple of weeks. And yeah, after that, the bucket is pretty much empty. And in the time frame that it'll be needing to replenish, we'll probably be moving into uh, the new month of April. And not to say that, you know, we can't have cold and snow in April, but still, it looks like a lot of that is going to be pouring in here um, in the middle and latter part of March. So uh, enjoy. I hope you enjoyed today. Today was today was a lovely day with temperatures, you know, above normal. And uh, we're, as I said, we may see 60s here, depending upon the placement of a warm front on Sunday. But don't get too used to that, folks, because it looks like we're going to be in line for more wintry weather before this is. As Yogi, as Yogi said, it ain't over till it's over, right. and it ain't over yet. No, it's not. Okay, so here's tonight's weather system. It's just basically a cold front with a little low on it. Uh, in the colder air that's that's in upstate New York and in central and northern New England, you'll see a little bit of snow. But, I mean, we're talking about six-hour frames here. So uh, th th this will last all of about three or four hours if you happen to be in it. And on the southern end of it, maybe <clears> a few sh rain showers, and then they go out. And then, of course, the colder air comes in with the next high. Uh, that settles in on Friday. It'll be right overhead along the coast on Friday. And then uh, going forward into the weekend, this next storm system that's coming out of Colorado, and you see it there on Saturday, uh, early Saturday morning, that 999 low. Not a whole lot of moisture on the west side. And there's some. I mean, there will be some snow from that. Uh, that low uh, is somewhat cut off from Gulf of Mexico moisture. That's why you don't really see a lot happening down in Missouri or Arkansas. It's just a very narrow line of showers. Uh, uh, that are running ahead of this low. There might even be a thunderstorm there in uh, in, in southern Wisconsin on Saturday uh, and into eastern Iowa as the low goes by. But it's so far west, and, and, and the warm front actually, which was shown to try to set up down near Virginia, is actually going to be setting up to our north. So I agree with you. The weekend, Saturday doesn't really look all that bad at this point. I was kind of worried about a, a southeast wind and, uh, yeah. you know, an onshore flow and a lot of clouds. Now right. I'm thinking, you know what? It may be no worse than partly sunny for a good chunk of the day. And then Sunday, that's the day with the front coming through. And yeah, I mean, there's a strong southwest flow. Instead of being, say, maybe maybe the 60s, I was thinking would stop somewhere in southern New Jersey, southern Pennsylvania. Now I'm thinking it probably could make it all the way up to New York City or even up into into southern New England. And then the low goes out with all of that, but there's a second uh, system that comes out. This one is more important, the one for uh, Monday. This one actually does have the Gulf of Mexico a bit open, and you see a low there that's in southern Indiana and southern Ohio uh, that uh, runs east uh, into uh, east-northeast up into western New York. Kind of looks like what we went through not too recently. Uh, was it last week? Uh, with uh, that system, and uh, that goes up to the northeast, and you see the low that's sitting, uh, but there's no cold air ahead of it, so we're not looking at freezing rain or anything like that. Uh, but here we go with the low uh, running up into uh, western New York. You see the snow that's on the northern side of it. There'll probably be some snow well up into upstate New York and northern New England, and then it's going to turn colder again after that, and the, the GFS in particular, I didn't look at the European closely, but uh, this run of the GFS actually got quite creative 
next, uh, this will be Saturday, the 12th of March, with a cold high building over uh, just north of Lake uh, of Sault Ste. Marie, uh, wedged into eastern Canada, and a low that moves up from Georgia uh, off the mid-Atlantic coast to 40 and 70, which we all know is that benchmark spot. But again, this may not be there on the next one run. We had uh, we had uh, the models showing something for this past Sunday that wound up uh, being a big nothing as it moved off the uh, the southeast coast and went out straight east northeast. So I wouldn't put too much faith in this. But I I, I do feel strongly about the I I'm feeling stronger. I don't say strongly, Joe, but I'm feeling st- a, a a bit stronger on the idea that these polar vortex splits are going to have a are going to be you know are going to set off a a change in the pattern uh, to a, 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 a cold one uh, for the mid part of the month. And, and then we'll just we'll see how long it lasts and whether it bears any any fruit for snow lovers. Well, you have uh, in your library, you probably have the time when we had that split in the polar vortex um Back at the end of January, early February. No, excuse me. At the end in, of February in 2018. It, yeah, it was 2018. It was around the, the the split in the vortex, if I remember correctly, occurred right around like February 19th, 20th, and it took about 10 days to really show its, you know, to play down to the bottom of the atmosphere, and we set up with those four nor'easters because we had off the wall blocking and off the wall negative P and A. And an off-the-wall negative East Pacific oscillation, which was the the life, which was the one that the, the snow lovers um, was really the the uh, the one that cinched it all with regards to uh, the the second, third, and fourth systems, which were solid, and certainly the fourth one, which was a, a very much a solid snow producer. So yeah, those splits are important, but they do take time to work their way through. But what I'm saying is that if you could look back and see what uh, the what the upper air, the 10 millibar, looked like back in in uh, 2018, and make you know comparisons, you could stop the tape or stop the recording, and right. then look at what's going on right now. You can maybe make a judgment call. It's basically it's the same time of the year. I'm not saying that maybe you can make a forecast that includes three or four nor'easters in the span of 20 or 30 days, yeah. but you, you know, just 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 to make comparisons, uh, right. make like no, an I'm- analog analysis i i think the big difference is going to be the fact that the well during that stretch that 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 two week stretch of march those well actually it was three weeks um we had five and six standard deviations negative on all of the teleconnections they were so stretched to the extreme that you knew that they were going to create that they were going to um produce something big uh, somewhere, and they wound up producing um, four big systems. One, wound, each one got strong. The first one was strong enough, and each one got stronger than the prior one. Uh, I don't think we're going to have off-the-wall teleconnections this time around, uh, but uh, but we, well, we, you know, the the uh, I still think it could be dynamic enough down the road that uh, uh, we we get one last. You know, one last hurrah for snow lovers. One last hurrah. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. May March March 11th to the 14th, a very special or an auspicious anniversary because that is the anniversary of the blizzard of '88, and uh, it's also the anniversary 
of the Superstorm. Everybody talks about Superstorm Sandy, but before Sandy came along, there was a storm that actually was called a Superstorm. In fact, even the storm of the century, and that was the storm in March of 1993, which you and I both covered for right. uh, News 12 Long Island. I remember yes. that very well. <laughs> yes, that, that was a, uh, they, you know, actually down here, that was a big, people still talk about that storm that were around uh, back yeah. in 1993. It was a because, blizzard. Yeah, because there was up, there was upwards of a, uh, you know, at, at where I am at 22, at 2200 feet, there was, uh, there was every bit of 20 inches here. Uh, and even higher wow. amounts at some of the mountains. So, uh, you know, Atlanta got a a, a a big snowfall out of that too. Uh, but uh, yeah, they <gasps> that was a big deal around here. It, it, it caused a, it was a lot of tree damage apparently too. So, um, yeah. But we're not predicting a superstorm here. We're just 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 uh, going back in time. We just want something. To, we just want to want something to keep us awake. Yeah. For for. <laughs> Because, because this is like, as as Alan Casper used to say, it's boring for me, and when it's boring for me, it's great for all of you who are watching. And it's, it was absolutely true, because, you know, when when we don't have anything to talk about, that usually refers to, you know, quiet weather, nice weather, and that's exactly what we have right now. If you want to uh, allow me to share something, I'd like to share yeah a a uh, something with everybody. Uh, those of you, especially who live in the uh, Metropolitan New York area. La la la. W-N-E-W. No, well, it doesn't have anything to do with W-N-E-W. Uh, go W-N-E-W ahead. doesn't exist anymore. It's all yours, sir. All right. So, so uh, tomorrow night, those of you who are close to your TV between 5.30 and 6 o'clock, <clears throat> Channel 2 here in New York is going to be doing a half-hour special on weather uh, oh hold on hold on joe just a second the... i'm sorry oh, okay i did change the screen i i had a senior moment there i didn't know if i changed the screen go ahead you're, you're fine yeah. i'm sorry to interrupt channel... all right no no, no. Ch- channel two is if you've been watching them in the last couple of weeks they're branding their weather forecast now as first alert weather first alert and uh i you know i, I thought that was interesting uh, Renat and I were uh, watching, I don't know what program we were watching last uh, Wednesday night. It was about 1030 and the phone rings and uh, who's on the phone calling, but Lonnie Quinn. And Lonnie uh, says to me that uh, this week, uh, March the 3rd, tomorrow, they're going to do this half hour show. All the weathercasters, they have four of them at Channel 2, have a segment that they have to produce talking about weather, New York weather or weather in general or whatever. And he's going to be at Belvedere Castle. Now, you see here this picture. Here, here I am with Lonnie. Uh, he asked if I would be interested in coming down to uh, Central Park to be with him and talk about the weather observations that have been made, historic weather observations at uh, Central Park. And, you know, when you're retired or don't have anything, you know, much to do, I said, oh, well, that's, that sounds interesting. Yeah, why not? I drove down to... Uh, Manhattan and uh, parked the car and put it in a garage, took a walk over to Central Park, and we spent about an hour together. Now, behind us, you see in that that area that's fenced in, that is the area where the weather instrumentation is. That's where, when you hear like, all right, three o'clock right now at Central Park, it's 34 degrees, humidity 70, all of that, all of that weather equipment is caged in, so to speak. And back in the 70s, 
they had a real problem because kids would break into the uh, the area where the where the instruments were and they would destroy them. They would they would break them, and uh, and and actually the castle itself, Belvedere Castle, which had been used for weather observations going back to 1919, that was beginning to get rather run down and dilapidated by the 1970s. Then in 1982, the Central Park Conservancy ca came along. They formed the Central Park Conservancy. They were able to get some money. And the first thing they did was they used the, some of the money to refurbish the castle, get new equipment, put the fence around the equipment so that nobody would be able to break in and, uh, and destroy them like they, like they had been doing. And uh, so anyway, there, there we are you know, together uh, talking about this. Uh, and also there, there's the castle. You can actually go to the castle. You can actually go inside and uh, look around and go up to the top. Beautiful view uh, up here on the terrace. I mean, you could look north toward Harlem and see the Great Lawn in Central Park. And you can also look south and see the Sheep Meadow. And uh, you get probably some of the nicest views of Central Park from right here at the castle. And you could, like I said, it's free. You could just walk right in and walk right up. It's only about a six or seven minute walk from where um, we were uh, at Central Park West. You go into the entrance at 81st Street and there's the castle. And uh, another view here of uh, Lonnie, his uh, producer, uh, Stephanie, and myself. And this is when Lonnie was, uh, apparently Lonnie was, Lonnie wanted me to come. The the powers that be were kind of like, well, who who is this guy? I mean, is he uh, with the who weather service? Does this he know guy? our stuff? Oh yeah, my I mean, who is god! Oh god! You know, this, well, this 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 woman here, Stephanie. You know, she she said, you know, well, I mean, is, does he know his stuff? Does he know anything about weather or anything? And so this was at the point. Renato was with me. This was at the point where, in the middle of our piece, Lonnie just stopped everything and told. Stephanie, and you can see the look on her face, like, didn't I tell you about this guy? Didn't I tell you? He knows his stuff. He's got a Rolodex in his head. He knows everything about weather. And, I, and I'm there just like smiling at this. So anyway, so I made, we, we were out there for an hour. You, and you, Joe, know, I mean, 99% of what we filmed is going to end up on the, on the floor, on the uh, edit room floor. I don't know whether or not I'm going to be on tomorrow in this half hour show for five seconds or five minutes. But in any case, I'm telling people, tune in, watch, don't blink because you may miss me. And maybe, maybe again, you won't miss me. But I was flattered to death that Lonnie thought enough for me to, uh, uh, you know, come on down and join him for his segment on this show. And I might also add, he was very disappointed because he said, uh, darn, it's too bad that uh, your partner, Joe Chiaffi, is in Georgia because we would have loved to have the two of you together to uh, – to talk about the weather. And, well, and, you know, Joe, I, you, you didn't know you didn't know this, but uh, that we were in intense. I was in intense negotiations. My people were with management there. Then they simply, you know, I, I was I don't think I asked for very much. I mean, I asked to be flown up first class. I asked to be chauffeured over from the from the airport. I asked to be put up at the most expensive hotel. But those are just minor things. I mean, I don't I, I didn't see why, uh, you know, I couldn't they couldn't. They couldn't meet uh, meet meet my requirements, but uh, you know what? Some some people just they won't. Some people just refuse to bend their backs for quality, <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, did you like give I him? Said, did we'll you give him this... my message? 
Yes, I, yes, I did. Okay, good. And, he, you know, God, God only knows if he, whenever he gets back down to Georgia, but if he does, he'll, he'll be knocking. Somebody's knocking. Will you let him in? Yes. Lord, Lord, it's the devil. Will you look at him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Tom God. Contino, what time again? It's 5.30, 5.30 to 6 o'clock. Eastern the time, Tom. Weather Eastern show. time. Eastern time. Eastern not, time. Not Greenwich Mean time, you know, not Azerbaijani time. And, it's Eastern time. Um, and thank you to the chairman for hitting super chats and making a, a boring weather pattern interesting. We do our best, uh, uh, Scott, and uh, appreciate it. And uh, congrats, Joe, on the show. We'll see and we'll look forward to it again. Don't blink because God only knows again how long I'm going to – or, you know, what, what? what's going to happen? One of two things is going to happen here tomorrow. Either I'm going to be on for like five seconds or ten, se- ten seconds, or something is going to happen in uh, – and in fact, you know, the more I think about this, the more it's likely to happen tomorrow. Something is going to happen in the Ukraine. This just in. will make a speech or somebody. Yeah. Make a... <laughs> exactly. This just in. I'm sitting there waiting. It's like it's like it'll be like that episode of All in the Family where Archie is going to be on Walter Cronkite's news. Right. And the moment that he appears, Dan Rather appears to, and Nixon makes a speech. That could that could happen tomorrow. Well, that could very well happen. That'll that'll that, that would be funny. <laughs> well, we'll. I don't think it would be funny. <laughs> All right, but it, we'll it wouldn't be funny. We'll okay. Uh, no. Speaking of the no. chairman, who we and hope... don't and don't and don't. By the way, don't like on that Dick Van Dyke episode. There was an episode of Dick Van Dyke where the next door neighbor Millie was told that uh, Rob was going to produce or direct an entire Alan Brady show. And uh, what happened was is that she wrote a letter to Alan Brady telling him how wonderful the show was and how great it was and mailed it. And then when the show was supposed to go on, this was in advance of the show, the show was supposed to go on. It got preempted and was never seen. <laughs> and like Rob, uh, Dick Van Dyke's like, you wrote a letter about how great the show was and the show wasn't even seen yet. So <laughs> don't write a letter. Don't write any letters to the news director at Channel 2 until at least the show is over. And then if you have something to write about or say about the show and the way it landed, then you could do that. But don't do that before the show because, again, I might get preempted by Biden or by Nancy Pelosi or something, and then nobody's going to see the show. I, I, I promise you, Joseph, I will not write any letter, okay? Uh, speaking yes. of the chairman, we hope that uh, his uh, that Mother Briller is doing, doing well and uh, – he sent uh, Briller Jeopardy tonight, which centers around central New York City in March. So we'll run through these really quick, Joe. Are you ready? Yes. The highest and lowest temperatures in New York City in March. And, of course, we're referring to the to Central Park. I'll bet you in March it, it got to 80 at one point. I, I, I'll, say, I'll say 82 for the highest and the lowest, of course, the blizzard of 1888 had temperatures of like four degrees. So I don't know the exact number, but I think we have a spread of something like four degrees for the lowest and the highest temperature ever, something like in the low 80s, like 82. Uh, 86 was the high in 1998, which I remember. Okay. And three was the low in 1872. I believe the low for for the blizzard of 88 was four. So it didn't. It touched the the record low, the all time record low of three, set back in 1872. What was the most snow ever to fall 
in the entire month of March? Um, I'll say 20, 29 inches. Close. 30.5 in the year. Oh, I can't. The, that was that 1888? No. No, it wasn't. No, but it does have an. It eight, wasn't 1888. No, but it has an 18 handle on it. Oh, give me a break. 1882. 1896. How? How? I can't ma- believe. I can't believe that they got. You said the high, the big, the most in March was 30 inches. In that one storm in 1888, they got 21 inches, and they still didn't manage to break that or tie that 30. Inch record. That's, ha- that's crazy. It happens. And by the way, if you, if anybody wow. ever looks at the snow records for New York City in the in in, in that stretch during the uh, 1880s, in particular the 1880s, that was a very that was a very cold and very snowy 10-year period. How many snowstorms of at least a foot have occurred in the month of March? Oh well. In recent years, well, most most of the ones in recent years have been in January and February. I don't think we've had anything like that comparable. In my memory, I don't think we've had anything like that in March. So I'm going to say 1888, two. Uh, there were four. There's only been four. Four. And by the way, that the Ash Wednesday storm, uh, the Ash Wednesday storm is not included in this. But uh, uh, also. Right. It should be noted that, especially uh, after the very beginning of March, that it's quite common for areas surrounding New York City probably have gotten many more one-foot snowstorms in that long 100-and-whatever-it-is, 60-year period. Uh, But uh, in the city itself, uh, especially now with the urbanization and everything else, it's really kind of hard to do double-digit amounts. 1888, 1914... 1941, 1960. The superstorm of 1993 um, produced 10.6 inches. I think if I'd be curious to see what the number is if you lowered the threshold down from 12 to 10. Uh, how, how many that would would bring? How many inches of snow did Central Park receive in the blizzard of '88? 21, right? That's correct. 21 inches. Since 1869, yeah. how many marches have had no measurable snowfall? Zero. How many marches have had no measurable snowfall? Let me do a calculation here. So, 153 been 153 marches Oddly enough, only four. Okay, only really? four. Uh, 1878, 1894, 1903, and 2012. So you went 109 years in between 1903 and 2012. And, that, and that's it. Uh, so that that uh, that was our final uh, question for the day. So we are all done. We had a trace in 1988 in March, 2002, zero in 2012, a trace in 1971. I just happen to, believe it or not, strange enough, I just remembered it now, 
earlier, I, I actually wrote down some of this information. I wanted to see, we only had two inches of snow in February, and I wanted to see if there's any kind of correlation if you by the numbers of how much snow fell the very next month. And um, there is no correlation. I mean, uh, you, 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 there's some years we've had two inches or less of snow, and we've had like 27 inches of snow in the following month of March. And other years, there have been like zero or trace or uh, only a, a fraction of an inch. So you can't really say that the fact that we only had two inches in February means that we're not going to have much, if any, uh, snow in March. It could very well be a big month, and we shall see what happens, especially as we get into the middle and latter part of March. Yeah, so let's see. Let's, so we'll see. let's see what adventures the, uh, the models take us over the next couple of days. In the meantime, thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. I hope you had a great day and hope you have a great night and a great tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow night for our Thursday night Joe and Joe weather show right here at 730 Eastern time. So have a good one and we will see you then. Nighty night, everybody. See you later. And.